0: Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. I'm with Deb Calvert. She is the president and founder of People First Productivity Solutions. She's a keynote speaker, a UC Berkeley instructor, and author of the Discover Questions best-selling book series. Deb, it's awesome to have you.
1: Brandon, thank you. It is awesome to be here. You are on a hot streak. You've had some wonderful guests lately. I hope people are backtracking and and picking up on all these.
0: I appreciate that. So, Deb, where are you coming from? Are you coming from California?
1: I am. I'm near San Jose, California.
0: Excellent. So, we're here to talk about the case for leadership development in, in business. So, you know we here with our clients our audience members training and development is so hot right now and especially as we sort of look at the the landscape of the future i keep hearing the stat by 2020 50% of the workforce is going to be millennials why is it so important that we start developing and thinking about these emerging leaders in the workplace
1: well First and foremost, we've got to think about this audience because they are the workforce of the future. Mm. And if you're not developing this workforce, they aren't sticking around. So let me string together a couple pieces of research that I think really Mm. nicely answer your question. All right, so um, the Human Capital Trends Report for 2016, the one that Deloitte does annually, of course this is with all sizes of business and it's global, but they found that 89% of businesses are seriously worried about their leadership pipelines. Okay, so 89%, which first of all says if there are that many that are worried about it, there aren't people who are truly developing leaders. Okay, put that side by side with the uh, Training Industry Magazine Trends Report. It was issued in winter of 2015, so still pretty recent. And it said that high potentials at dozens of top global companies were unsatisfied with the development efforts implemented in those companies to the extent... That it was the cause for their early departures. So, people are leaving because they're not getting developed. And if you're not developing people inside your own company, there's no place to go to go and find these young, talented leaders. There's there's no way that they're just going to come out of nowhere. So, it's a big problem.
0: The stats are so high, like where they're 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 not being developed. They're leaving. Are they just going to go to another business where they're not being developed? I mean, is this a is this a problem uh, across a lot of companies? I imagine some people are doing it right.
1: Yes, some are, and some are doing it better than others. So right, I'm sure there's a gold standard, and even in that gold standard, it's not um, that, that leaders are developing and that there are so many of them that there are plenty to go around everywhere. So it, millennials, right, they're talented, they're smart, they're capable, they're confident. So if they're not getting anything at company A, they'll move on to company B where they get something. And when it fulfills what they were looking for or when they've maximized everything that they could get, they're looking for the next thing, company C. And it might not be better, maybe it's just different. So they, they are forced to cobble together their own development as opposed to getting a streamlined program, something that, that's unified that progressively helps them to develop within a single organization.
0: In the research you've done, you, you, I mean you alluded to the fact that people are leaving because they're not being developed. Is that, do you think that's one of the main causes people leave?
1: It is. That's what pretty much all the research is telling <laughs> us. And it, it doesn't have to even be formal university-style development the way that big, big corporations might do. I think this is even more significantly a problem for smaller companies because resources are, are even thinner and you might not know exactly where to go to even get started on developing other people. You're, you're just trying to keep the business afloat this year.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a, such a great point. The lack of resources. How have businesses traditionally developed their leaders, if, if at all, or really have they <laughs> in the past?
1: Well, I think one of the uh, questions that that begs is: Have they really developed them as leaders, or have they had more like management development programs? There's there's very a lot different more.
0: things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, even in universities, right? There's you can go get an MBA. There are programs that teach you how to be a good manager, but Leadership is something completely different. Leadership is what inspires and challenges and innovates and brings the future together the way that you want it to be for your business.
0: How do we make the case for development? Because I'm sort of looking at this like I'm, a, you know, I'm a, I'm a marketing director within a company, and I have to beg for resources, beg for development, and or and I have to see- seek it out of myself. And it seems like with with development, if, if people aren't thinking of it, like, hey, we need to do this, we have. Well, there's going to be a gap. Our leaders are going to leave. We're going to have emerging leaders that really need to step in and take these positions. How do you make the case, if you're an HR director or somebody who's in charge of developing people, how do you make the case to uh, the the executive team to put resources or, or put together a program?
1: I think it's, th- that is a such a smart question, but I think it has to go backwards. So bear with mm. me while I stair-step through it. Because Please do. People at the top People who are thinking about strategy and they're tasked with delivering on, on whatever the shareholders want, or if you're a small business, as I said, you're, you're looking to keep the numbers right today to stay in business. Okay, so what do you care about? You care about top line revenue, bottom line revenue. You care about customer satisfaction, and you care about uh, productivity levels of the workforce. Right, those are the th- three things that are going to drive long-term success. So, if we're working backwards, how then? How do I increase productivity? How do I increase the level of customer satisfaction? How do I impact top line and bottom line revenue? And there is one answer to that question. Lots of research I could give you to, to back this up. Uh, the one thing that drives all of that, plus also drives employee retention, is a higher level of employee engagement. Okay, now let me define employee engagement because it's one of those terms that gets thrown around, but but the Definition that I like to operate with goes like this, Uh, employee engagement is a heightened emotional connection that an employee feels toward his or her organization that influences them to apply additional discretionary effort to their work. All right, so breaking it down, emotional connection, I like it here, it feels good, I'm going to stay here. There's the retention and and you get the uh, institutional knowledge that builds up and then that additional discretionary effort yields higher productivity, customers who are more satisfied, and the long-term impact of that is your top-line revenue and your bottom-line profit. Okay, one more step backwards then that we have to take, because this, I hope, is sounding pretty good.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> how do you then, right, this, this is the ultimate question, if employee engagement drives all of that, then how do I get employee engagement? And there is some fascinating research, in fact, uh, some, some new consolidation of this research in a book that just came out last week, it's by Jim Kuzis and Barry Posner, and that book is called Learning Leadership, and I highly recommend it, it's a great read. But it is based in part on their research over the past 30 years about what drives employee engagement, and they put two things side by side. They looked at 10 demographic variables things like how long have you been with the company, uh, what's your job title, demographic characteristics, to see if there was more employee engagement that came from people at certain levels or with certain tenure in the company. And they laid that side by side, those 10 factors, with how does the person you report to behave? Looking at leadership behaviors. And it was staggering because if you add up all 10 demographic factors, there's less than 1%. In fact, it's 0.2% of an impact that you could hope to yield with all 10 factors together, you get barely any increase in employee engagement. But out of their 30 leadership behaviors, any one of them yields a double-digit increase in the level of employee engagement. So very simply stated, when managers... Adopt leadership behaviors when they have been developed as leaders. You increase employee engagement, which increases retention, productivity, satisfaction, and revenue.
0: How do you track all that, though? Because if we're talking about asking for resources and and making that case, how you know if you're if you're a business with a lack of resources or you're just small in general, how do you track so those things? Those are those are really, um, I mean when you put it to, to practice and you have the research and you have the data behind it, it becomes easier. But how do you track when they're so, sort of so far removed from each other?
1: Right, well, I do think most companies have some metrics around most mm. of these. Certainly you know yeah. your, your revenue and your profitability. Uh, maybe depending on the size of your organization, you're getting some form of, of customer feedback and all the great new software that's out there makes it very easy even for small yeah. businesses to, to get that piece. Uh, in terms of productivity, Well, depending on what you make, um, (laughs) that's probably going to be pretty self-evident too. And retention, I hope that at a minimum you're you're tracking, uh, if you've got even five or more employees, how satisfied are they? How long do they stick around? So then you're asking, what's the metric for employee engagement? And although there are formal surveys and depths of of Mm -hmm. things that you can do, I, I think it's about talking to people. Right, you just talk to your employees. How are you feeling about the work today? What could I be doing to make your work more satisfying? Maybe it's uh, not a pure metric because then it's anecdotal. But that's where the evidence is. And I do think it's the obligation of every business owner and manager to be doing that kind of work. That's why I call my business people first productivity solutions because it boils down to putting your people first.
0: No, that's such a great point, Like just really asking them and, and asking the right questions and to see if they're actually engaged. If that's if that's the the, the piece of information you're going to use to ask for resources and, and get the resources to develop your people, I think that's a really good start. Have you had any specific success with asking a survey or maybe asking certain questions? I mean, you alluded to a couple of them, but maybe there's something that you, you recommend people ask.
1: You bet. Um, so let me talk about two things. First, Gallup, which does an annual report. And they say that they interview people who have left companies, and they ask them why did you leave, and then they peel it back. They they ask questions like, what caused you to leave, or or you know, start looking for that job that, that ultimately led you to leave the company. And what they found out is that pay is number five on that list, and the first four, top four things, year after year, that cause people to leave their employers is a lack of engagement. It's things like. My boss never talked to me. I didn't know what my career path was. I didn't know if I was doing a good job or not. Nobody ever gave me feedback. So it's all about the dialogue. So there's that research. What question do I recommend people ask? It's simply this. What would help you to feel more engaged and more challenged and more excited about coming to work every day?
0: So we talked about making the case for it. But how do we actually develop these people? Can we talk about that a little bit? I mean, I'm sure you have tons of ideas about how to actually develop these future leaders. There's so much technology resources, so much information out there. What is truly the best way to develop some of the upcoming leaders?
1: You have to trust people. So anything Mm -hmm. I say after this is dependent on you thinking about uh, how much you are willing and able to trust people. Because to develop them you have to be willing to let them stretch and you have to take a little risk with them. So of course you have to be sensible if it's something that has high stakes and, and you're talking about a person who's truly not ready, well, we're not going to throw anybody in the deep end, uh, we're going to help them, we're going to get them there incrementally. But you do have to trust in order to delegate for development, to give people a chance to prove themselves, to fail forward and, and learn as they go. So that's the, the first piece. The second piece is, break it down, what is leadership? How is it different from management? I think there are 25 differences, uh, which if people are interested in that, I I can tell them where to go for an infographic. But um, leadership is not the same as supervising. Leadership is about inspiring and reaching out further to innovate and being able to have a sense of yourself uh, leading as opposed to command and control managing. So understanding that first and modeling it, no matter what your job level is, modeling leadership so that people see what, the, uh, what they're aspiring toward, what the example ought to be. So trust, modeling it, understanding what it is, and then finally making some space. If people are so burdened every single day by the workload that they can never have time to develop themselves, then this will seem disingenuous. So how can you thread in some development with the work Because the two things going hand in hand is where the real experiential learning takes place.
0: I want to get your take on this. So I'm of the belief that if you can empower people, they can become leaders really without necessarily having a leader title or a manager title. They could truly lead if they they feel like they they can rally people and, and if they're empowered to do so. And you can do this without really formal training, I, I would believe. Do you have any? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, just just that thought I, I put in there, and what are some some ways we can empower the people?
1: Yeah, uh, you're you're very astute. So back to what you asked earlier about millennials, yeah. that Human Capital trend survey that I referenced, it said, look, there has to be a dramatic shift in the workplace. They mm-hmm. called it the new organization, and what they said that is is that it's built around highly empowered teams driven by a model where younger, more globally diverse leaders, even leaders without titles, leaders coming from every level, have opportunities to step forward. So in essence, the new organization is made up of people who feel empowered, uh, enabled, and ennobled to lead in any situation, whether or not they have a title, that there's uh, an investment in them to that extent and, and companies are doing this you know you hear all those those stories they become practically urban myths but but they're true things like google giving people a whole day every week to work on projects that matter most to them that's a new organization model
0: yeah it certainly is and i'm i'm, I'm really wondering how when you translate it to like the smaller business who who is pretty much our audience how do if, if you're not a big google how do, you, how do you dedicate time to do things like that so that they can be empowered to you know, try new things and to, to inspire people and to inspire themselves, really?
1: Yeah, I, I work with a lot of small businesses, family-owned mm. businesses. So I'll tell you about one recent example. Uh, this is um, where I live is halfway between Silicon Valley and the agricultural salad bowl of the U.S. So I work <laughs> with a lot of produce and ag accounts, and I have some small growers, family-owned businesses. And in this case, it was a family-owned business with two brothers and a father, the father hoping to get the two sons more involved as leaders so that he could continue to step back. And underneath the two brothers, there were four supervisors who oversee uh, the the labor, right? And depending on time of year, that's highly variable. Okay, so the question became... How can we, look, there's this one supervisor, how can we help him to develop? How can we give him some room to grow, even in the busy season when he is out there in the fields and having to, to see what's going on with, with the labor? And I just sort of turned that around with them, and I said, what what couldn't he do, right? You want him to eventually be able to do almost everything in the business because your plan is the two sons ascend, and but they are going to be the business uh, owners, not the, the folks who are operating, that means the crew chiefs have to be able to step in. What is it that he couldn't do? Let's build the boundaries that way. And it just changed the whole conversation because anything that they put on the, he could never do this list, I, I challenged it. He could never, for example, go meet with the bankers. Are you sure, why not? All right, then if that's true, if we isolate that piece out, what else then could he do? What, what's left, you know, that, that's and it was a lot. <laughs> A whole lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So if we look at, as we kind of wrap up in in time, and I want to respect your time, but of the development programs that are out there right now, the really unique and innovative ways to develop the emerging leaders, what are some of the hottest topics out right now and the ones that you're doing for your clients?
1: Yes. Um, Leadership at every level is a hot topic right now. Thinking of yourself as a leader even before you ever ascend into that role is a very hot topic. And I work with a lot of youth, um, even people as, as young as eight years old, because there's wow. such an interest in positioning leadership as accessible to anyone and everyone. So uh, as a topic, what is it that people, you know, could they look at for themselves? Look up leader at every level. There's tons about that. And look up emerging leader, because in essence, that is applicable to anyone at the front line, but it also applies to people like me who have been around for a while. There's there's nothing about leadership that is ever fully mastered.
0: You, you said you even work with an eight-year-old. How do you sort of see if they have the leadership capabilities that that young or do you I mean do you really feel like it's you sort of born with that leadership capability or it's a skill that can be developed and i know there's assessment tools out there that can sort of measure that but what is your sort of philosophy on all that
1: Yeah well i the 8 year olds i work with it's a soccer league that has this wonderful initiative to make winners on and off the field wow. so it's it's very cool but here's a cold hard fact for you Brandon every single leader who has ever been or ever will be was in fact born.
0: Yeah, that is true. Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) And every single leader who has ever been or ever will be intentionally chose to adopt certain behaviors that would cause others to willingly follow them. And those behaviors can be learned, and I have seen many, many, many leaders at every level choose to more frequently exhibit those behaviors and become stronger as leaders.
0: If somebody's listening right now and they're like, I just I really want to become a leader. I, I want to be empowered, all those things. What are some of the steps do you think they can take uh, to either uh, develop some of those leadership skills themselves or if they're, they're going to take it back to their team and say, hey, we need, to, we need to really have a philosophy on leadership development?
1: Well, okay. So I have a couple of tools. And certainly there are many others out there. But, but this is what I know. Um, I have a, a program that I offer. It's an eight-part email free Emerging Leaders Training Course. So people sign up for it. They get emails eight in a row. They have little assignments and it familiarizes them with what leadership's all about and how they can begin to emerge as a leader. So that's available. Um, On top of that, for people who want to bring leadership development into their own organization, over on my Bright Talk channel, I have a webinar that is dedicated to this. And I, I do a lot of free consultation. So anybody who wants to to talk more specifically about their own needs or their own challenges, they should feel free to contact me and, and I'll help them. I'm not this isn't about charging an arm and a leg for it. This is about hey, I believe in this and and I'll have a conversation with you and it's not going to cost you or obligate you to anything. So I just think there ought to be more leaders in the world.
0: I, I totally love that. Could we link to both of those things in the show notes and and, and probably our blog as well?
1: Absolutely.
0: Excellent. you know Deb, one of the things that first drew me to to your company was the the fact that your 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 company name is people first productivity Solutions. And one of the one of the taglines we tend to use in the really philosophy we use at Zenium, is it's about people. And it's like you really can't get business done without really good people and uh, people that are empowered to do great work and to, to lead. And I, I just really love your message, and I think it's a good one. I think people need to hear it.
1: Thanks, Brandon. I like what Zenium's doing too and what you're doing I, in this podcast.
0: I, I appreciate it. Anything else you want to tell listeners before we before we uh, get off?
1: No, um, I think the the parting message I would say is whether you know it or not, you already are a leader. People watch you. They follow you. Your choice, the the difference that you have to make in the world, has everything to do with whether you are leading on purpose and knowing where you're leading or not.
0: Awesome. Deb Calvert, president and founder of People First Productivity Solutions. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.